Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which say this, Paul by the Spirit, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, beseech meaning beg, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Father, we, we want to know what your will is for our lives. And for anyone that's in this room who's not interested in that, Lord, I pray that you... Do an urgent and immediate work in their, in their lives. That they would long to know what your will is for their lives. Your word says, Ephesians 5.17 Be wise knowing what the will of the Lord is. Lord, we want to be wise people. We, we don't want to be foolish people. And Lord, we have so many distractions in our lives. And of course, you know that, Lord. You know all things. You know right where, you know the times that we're, we're living in. You know the distractions of seeking and knowing your will. But Lord, we come here today wanting to know your will, wanting to seek it, wanting to take joy in it. And so I pray, Father, that you today show us, show me how to go about doing that, Lord. You've called us to yourself, to among other things. Reveal your heart. Reveal your will to us. pray that you do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. How do you go about determining the will of God? Sometimes the specific answer to what God's will is for your life in a situation is found in the Word of God. For example, if you get up one morning and you're really tired and you're wondering whether it is the will of God for you to call in sick to work even when you're not. Lord, should I call in sick? I don't have any more vacation days, Lord. You're wasting your breath. Because Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 says, Do not lie, 
don't have to pray about things that are very clearly set forth before us in the Word of God. Many, if not most, of our answers to what God's will is for our lives is right inside the Bible. We may not like the answers that we find, but they're there. However, what about knowing the will of God when the answer is not specifically in the Bible? For example, should I leave my current job? Should I be in a courting relationship with someone who has expressed interest in me? What ministry is God calling me to do? Should I move to a different area of the country or the world? Can you know what God's answer is for you to these questions? I personally believe that one of the greatest and most humbling and the most exhilarating privilege, uh, privileges of being a child of God is that I can know the answers to those kind of questions. The Bible teaches that. Now, part of why I believe that, I, I, I've, come, I've come to that conclusion a long time ago because of teaching through most of the Bible and reading the Bible for three decades more. But part of the reason I believe that is right here in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It says it right there. It just says it. That you can know the will of God. Now we do have some things working against us. We were in Romans chapter 7 for quite a while, remember, where it does say that even though we are new creations of Christ, Romans 7 says that sin still dwells in us. And so, yes, it's true, we, we can get things wrong. But I believe as we mature in Christ, we can know what the will of God is in a certain situation with a high degree of certainty. Ephesians 5:17. Do we have that, Dave? So we don't have the do we have the slides today? In a little bit. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of Bible verses, so you're you're going to have to um, you're going to have to be taking notes. I hope you have note. Uh, I hope you have something to take notes on because I have quite a few Bible verses. 
Ephesians 5.17 says this. It says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't, don't be one of those people who say, Oh, I don't really, I just go through life. I don't be too concerned. I just, you know, the wind goes here and I go there. The wind goes over there. I go over there. That's not of God. That's actually sin. That, that's not okay. You, if, if that's you, repent of that. God wants you to know his will. Do not be unwise, but know, understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, um, I have today um, an acronym. We may or may not get it up on the projection screen by the end of the service. It's okay if we don't, but uh, this acronym and I'm not big on acronyms, so I don't know what you're going to think of this acronym. Uh, but um, I believe the Lord gave it to me. It's the ac- acronym, acronym STRONG. S-T-R-O-N-G. STRONG. The S is for a surrendered life. The T is for a transformed mind. The R is for revelation by the Holy Spirit. The O is others' opinions. The N is no peace. And the G is God-initiated signs. And so I was thinking after the fact, I'm like, what does the word strong have to do with the will of God? Well, hey, if you know the will of God, that is a place of strength in your life. It really is. There's a strength in the life of a Christian who is confident of the will of God. And you can be confident um, of the will of God. So let's start with the S of strong, a surrendered life, a surrendered life. We really, I really explained that for the really the whole sermon, the whole message last week. So really, this is not a one-part message, it's a two-part message. The first part was last week. But last week we were in Romans 12.1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable, holy and pleasing to God. In other words, Lord, my life is yours. Tell me what you want for my life and I'll do it. That is a surrendered Life, a surrendered life. We were, again, in this verse last week, that, that phrase, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, what, what is that call to mind from the Old Testament? Someone shout it out. Please, make me happy. A burnt sacrifice, a burnt offering, that's right. And in, in, in Leviticus chapter 1 in the Old Testament, there's a, uh, it goes through, actually the first, uh, the first 
10 chapters of Leviticus, it goes through the different kinds of sacrifices. The first sacrifice was a burnt offering. Leviticus uh, chapter 1, it was an offering that you were not required to do like some of the other offerings. Uh, you did it out of your own free will, out of the, just the cheerfulness, the joyfulness of, the, of, of your heart because you love God so much. You realize what he's done for you. And oh God, I want to offer you this burnt sacrifice. And what it was, and all these sacrifices were a foreshadowing of the cross but what the burnt sacrifice was is they bought a lamb or one of the other, uh, or, or what you could afford. It could be a pigeon, it could be a bull, it could be a, a, a goat. And the whole, the whole animal, the entire thing was consumed on the fire, unlike other offerings. Most of the offerings in the Old Testament that you read about are, when you, when you read about that they had offerings were, were fellowship or peace offerings where they got together and, and part of the offering was burnt, the rest was eaten, and it was a great a feast before the Lord and with the Lord. Not, not a burnt sacrifice. A burnt sacrifice was everything. A burnt sacrifice. And, and so here in um, Romans cha uh, chapter 12, verse 1, where he says, in light of everything you just heard in the first 11 chapters of Romans, in view of the mercies of God, it says here in um, verse 1 of, of chapter uh, 12. Present your bodies, your lives, like a burnt offering, a living sacrifice before the Lord. This is the first step in knowing the will of God. If you're in sin, if you're holding on to in, in some area of your life that... It's clearly, you know it's in the Bible that says, says no and, and you're not, you're saying, well, I, I'm willing to give up everything but, but not this. Don't expect to know what God's will is for your life. Don't it? There can be no expectation of what God's will is in your life if, you're, if you get that, and I, I'm well familiar with this. I'm not speaking as well to my own heart as to you. But, it, but, but if, but if your, your hand is held on to this thing, no expectation. That's S of strong. S-T-R-O-N-G. Number two, a transformed mind. So S is a surrendered life. A surrendered life. And, and the T of strong is for a transformed mind. And that's verse two. Very well-known verse. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may be able to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the T is the transformed mind starts off with do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so listen there are a thousand ten thousand or more voices trying uh, in the world in the media and entertainment and your schools or whatever trying to conform you to the world and many times it's with very good intentions 
someone who is convinced they're, they're right, but they're not, because what they're trying to conform your mind to is in direct opposition to the Word of God. But they're trying to conform you to how the world thinks. What kind of entertainment you should be appreciating. What kind of political candidate you should be uh, going, supporting. What kind of uh, social issues. How you should think of them. How you should treat immigrants and refugees in the United States of America, for example. And, and there's, there's all kinds of uh, voices out there uh, trying to convince you and conform you to what they believe on sexuality, on, on the freedom of people to make choices according to you know how it, you know what, what you know what their heart is, which may be, may be very different from someone else's. And, and the Bible speaks of uh, in the Book of Judges is that at that time every, each and every man did what was right according to his own eyes, in his own heart, did what was right in his own eyes. And and that is that that's a that's that's to adopt and embrace that kind of thinking is to embrace a thinking that the world strongly espouses, it strongly tries to conform us to. Do what is right in your own eyes. Reach down deep into your heart and, and figure out what is right and do it. That, to, to, to just say, okay, I'm going to do that, that's to be conformed to the world. Now, it says be conformed. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, instead of being conformed to the world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We come into the body of Christ. We come into the kingdom of God. The Bible says at the time a man, uh, the Bible says that a man or every man, every woman was born out of their mother's womb dead in terms of their relationship to God. And, and many, many, uh, many times, many years goes by before they are actually enter the kingdom of God. Jesus says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And becoming born again uh, means saying yes to what Jesus did for you. He, he lived a perfect life. The credit to your account. He died for your sins so that you wouldn't have to. He rose from the dead in order to pour out uh, the offer of salvation. And being, being born again is saying yes and, 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 and the Holy Spirit, God, comes into your life. But many times that doesn't happen until you're 10, 20, 30, 40. Uh, I have a dear friend of our families. He, he, never, he was not born again until he's 70 years old. And now he's just devouring every conceivable thing. Because he realized he was, his mind had been conformed to the world for 70 years. But we come into the kingdom of God with all kinds of crazy ideas. Of how to view the world. 
of how to view the world. For example, uh, we're told from the time that we're young, pursue your dreams, pursue your dreams. If you go after it hard enough and don't give up, you can achieve your dreams, pursue your dreams. Completely unbiblical. In the most severe way. When we come into the, the, the body of Christ, we learn, no, 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 no. We don't pursue my dreams. I pursue God's dreams. And guess what? God's dreams, unlike man's dreams, they come true 100% of the time. <laughs> that's, a pretty good, that's a pretty good record that he has. But, but, but uh, understand what I'm saying. It says, be renewed in this. Uh, be, don't be conformed uh, by the... rather, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we renew our mind two ways. One, it's the Word of God. We begin reading the Word of God and, and we, what it has to say. And, and we read things like Matthew 16, 25, which says whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. In other words, uh, whoever desires to just live their life for their dreams, they're going to lose their life. Ah, here I am. But whoever loses his life, loses his dreams for my dreams, will find it. Matthew 16, 25. And, and here's a, the book of James. Just James is like ridiculously practical. I mean, he's just like in your face, just black and white. He tells it how it is. James 4, 13, 15. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Isn't that wonderful? I, 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 but but the, the point is, be renewed in your, be transformed by the renewing of the, your mind. We come into the body of Christ thinking it's, it's our will. God's given us a will and we, we determine our choices. And man, if we're supposed to go to this or that city and spend a year there and have a job and make a lot of money and then go to the next that, that's like that's a good thing we in some respects it is a good thing but 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 because man has given man has been given the wonderful privilege of, of going out there and 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 and, and having a, a career and 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 enjoying the world um, with the the profits that he makes but we learn once we get in to once we're born again into the kingdom of God, that the way we want to go about doing it is often so different, and we need to surrender our will to the Lord. Be, and and, and the, the point is, is that that term, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, where our minds are renewed as we get to read the word of God, and, and our minds just change. They're renewed in terms of how we look at the world. In terms of how we view the world, there's a common term called worldview. In, in terms of what our worldview is. The second thing is, is prayer. So it's how do, you, how, do you, how, does your, how do you become transformed by the renewing of your mind? Number one is the word of God. Number two is prayer. Uh, prayer. <laughs> Isaiah 43.10. I, I, I put this verse in front of me. Without fail. 
every single week. It's at the beginning of my prayer journal. And I, I, I do it because of my own weakness, because my mind gets all over the place. But this says this. It's speaking to you. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord. And my servant, whom I have chosen. God has chosen you. Why? Why did he cho- choose you? Why? It says right here. That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Your, your mind will be renewed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, 2. It will be transformed and renewed as you pray and get to know God. As you pray and and and. And before getting into the, 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 my advice to you, and this is a whole separate sermon, but my advice to you in your prayer life is start, with, start your prayer not with, oh, oh, you know, I need this, I need that, oh, give me this, or even what, what is your will for my life. Before that, God, just show me what's in my heart, but more important, show me what's in your heart. Show me who you are. That's what this says. I have chosen you so that you will get to know me. You can't know God if you're not in prayer with him on a regular basis. I would say daily basis. God, please, I want to know you. I'm so different than you, God. I'm poor and needy. We read in, uh, someone prayed in, in the 930 prayer service this morning. I'm poor and I'm needy. That's mentioned Four times by King David in the Psalms. That's what he more or less starts off with in four different Psalms. I'm poor and I'm needy. Show me who you are. Show me who I am. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, we get to see the acronym. Do we we get to see the acronym, Dave? Whoa, it's really little. I, 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 I hope you... (laughs) <laughs> What's that? I, I, I hope you guys can see it from the back. May, maybe while we're off, you can make it a little bigger, but this is good. Oh, yeah, okay. No, I'm joking. I can see it. But I do have these. Strong. So the first one, Romans 12, 1, is a surrendered uh, life. The T, a transformed mind. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 say, with those alone, you should be able to prove the will of God. That's what it says. But we never read. Remember, we don't read the Bible outside of the context of the rest of the Bible. And so, therefore, we're bringing in the R-O-N-G. And so, if you want to know what the will of God is, if you want to have reasonable certainty of what God is doing in your life... um, after the S and the T come our revelation by the Holy Spirit. Revelation by the Holy Spirit. Now this is a controversial one because there's been many abuses in this area. But uh, abuses or not, the Bible's really clear that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. If you have S and T... If you're walking a surrendered life, doesn't mean a sinless life. No one here is going to go one hour without sinning. That's what the Bible says. Doesn't mean that. But just letting, you, you don't have your hand clutching on to sin. If you have a surrendered life and if you're, you're, you, you have a transformed mind, you will hear 
from the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches, cover to cover. So first verse, I'm going to go through these very quickly. First verse. So throughout the book of Acts, you see references to the Holy Spirit speaking. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Speaking of the episode with the Ethiopian eunuch. Next verse. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. That's uh, the Apostle Peter. Some people were going to show up at his house, and the Spirit said, go with them. Even though his whole life never went anywhere with Gentiles. They were Gentiles coming to his house. He had never done anything like that before. What he was going to do there in Acts 10 and 10, 11. It's explained in 11. But, but, but the Holy Spirit speaks to him in a, in a very direct way. Next verse, Acts 13, 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Next verse. Acts 15, 28. Now, this is a real important one because, um, because of how it's phrased. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. See, we have sin that dwells in us, and we get it wrong sometimes. And we cannot be filled with pride and ever be 100% certain. Because, you know what, we have heart passions, we have, we have dispositions, we have biases... Now, I still maintain very strongly that we can, with a high degree of certainty, we can know the will of God. But it seemed, this is the Apostle James speaking. So this is an, an Apostle speaking. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than those necessary things. Speaking of a, the resolution of a controversy which happened uh, in Acts chapter 15. Revelation by the Holy Spirit. Now, Begs the question, doesn't it? How do you uh, know that the Holy Spirit is telling you something? And the Bible does speak about that God uh, speaks in a still, small voice. That wonderful verse from, is it 2 Kings? Or is that 1 Kings? It's 1 Kings, I think, for, for, with Elijah, uh, where he's in a cave and, and, and he's hearing all kinds of stuff, loud noises. It wasn't any of those noises. It was a still small voice. But I think a, a more practical way, perhaps, of you and me understanding it, uh, uh, of when you, how the Holy Spirit speaks, it's when you have a, what I would call a holy compulsion. A sudden consistent, but what becomes a consistent inner drive. And here you have a verse, Acts 18, 5, uh, which describes uh, this inner compulsion. Acts 18, uh, verse 5, I will begin reading it here. There it goes. It says, when, when Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. So for whatever reason, Paul was holding back. At this point in Acts 18, I think that's when he's in Corinth. And, and, but when they get there, he, it says he was compelled by the Spirit. In other words, he knew he was supposed to get up and he was supposed to uh, start talking at that time. Now, I will grant you, and we don't have t too much time to go into this, but there's been so many abuses in this area that people 
you know, there are actually entire denominations will, that say, oh no, none of that. That was in the New Testament uh, where the Holy Spirit actually directly spoke to people as soon as the New Testament uh, closed that time period. Uh, we just use our logic and we use the Word of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, this thing doesn't change. And I don't know about you, I so desperately need the Holy Spirit. I can't believe, I, I, I respect these denominations, they're men of God, women of God in them, but I can't believe how they survive. I, I just don't know. I need the Holy Spirit to speak to me. That's all I know. And, and I get it. Yeah, there, there you go into certain circles in Christianity. Oh yeah, Jesus told me to go to the grocery store and he said, don't get the dull pineapple, get the, what's another kind of pineapple? What? What? Store brand, the generic brand of pineapple. And you hear this and it's... Uh, with my particular background, I wasn't used to that but, but when, when I first started hearing it, but, but, but it's not biblical to be just freely using a terminology. Rem remember what James said. He's an apostle. It seems good to the Holy Spirit to get the generic pineapple. Can, can I please have the humility to... to, to, to for, for you and I to say, can we have the humility that we may be wrong, you know, about things? It seemed good to the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and I, here, here's what I got to tell for you. And, and it's not only this. Can we have the acronym again? It, it's not only um, this, which is the uh, revelation by the Holy Spirit. It's also the last one, God-initiated signs. Listen, when it comes to things, matters of the heart... In my 30 plus years of pastoring, it's become really obvious to me that what oftentimes what people say is the Holy Spirit speaking to them, it's just their heart. And so particularly when you get into the passions of, of relationships, yeah, I, I don't know how many times I've heard over the years, I, uh, God told me that woman is for me. God told me that man is for me. I remember being, early on being in a discussion um, with a guy. Uh, he, God had told him there was a particular woman, and I was trying to, to, to talk with him. And, and I said, well, but, you know, may, maybe, is it possible that he cut me off? He said, whoa, Steve, did you not hear me? I said, God told me. God told me. Well, this woman he was supposed to marry moved up to Georgia and married another person. And, and guess what? God led another woman into his life, a godly, wonderful woman who, who we wound up marrying. But this is uh, things of passion. You know, you, you, hate, you hate hot weather and you live, in, uh, you live in Maine. Well, God told me to move to Southern California. I can just, you know, see the palm trees. I had a vision of them. Well, you better be very careful. And, and there are some methods in order to be careful. We'll get to that. That's next. But, but be very careful when it comes to matters of the heart. The Bible does say in Proverbs, we don't have this verse, but it says, he who trusts in his heart is a fool. Be careful on, on, on the issues of the heart. So what's a, uh, what's a, 
Oh, by the, by the way, the Holy Spirit never changes his mind. And so from time to time, you know, someone will tell me, well, the, yeah, the Lord told me to, to, to move to this place. And then six months later, oh, well, yeah, when are you moving? Oh, no, the, the, the Lord is now telling me to, to, to move to that place. It wasn't the Lord the first time. Either that or he or she is disobeying the Lord of, Lord of God. First Samuel says that God does, uh, he's not like a man. He doesn't change his mind. So let's go to the next, uh, let's go to the next letter in the acronym. S-T-R-O, others' opinions. So a safeguard, particularly when it comes to matters of the heart, Go to a godly man or woman and say, hey, look, this is, this is what I'm thinking, but I, I don't trust my own heart. Would you, would you please help me out here? The proverb says in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. Sometimes it's more than one. And, and so we read in Proverbs 12, 15, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Next verse. Proverbs 20, verse 18 says, Plans are established by counsel. By wise counsel, wage war. And, and we're, we're not talking uh, supremely about war, with, um, about war with physical weapons, but... Uh, the, the Bible speaks of we're in a spiritual warfare. Life is in, in one sense, it is a war. And, and we do it by counsel. We need counsel when we're in the middle of a battle. It's hard being in the middle of a battle of life. We need good counsel. I go to my pastor, pastors, I really have two, uh, on a regular basis. Like, hey, I'm thinking this. Plans are established by counsel, by wise counsel, uh, wage war. So a mature, godly man or woman, preferably who knows you, who knows your biases, who knows your hearts, who is, so, you know, you don't get into like the, uh, an Uber and say, yeah, I got I to gotta do what Pastor Steve said, others' opinions that, oh, hey, hey you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about dating a certain woman. Oh, go for it, man. She sounds great. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm, some, I'm talking about someone who you know, unless your Uber driver is also your Sunday school teacher, but, but, which may be the case, but, 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 uh, Seeking out mature believers because, because sometimes uh, f finding out the will of God um, is difficult. Now, I will say this, one, one small caveat. There are certain times where, where everyone is telling you to go one way and God's telling you to go another way. It, it, it is true. That, that is true. I just You need to do it, though, not with pride. But with fear and trembling, the Bible says. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, uh, uh, the Bible says. And, and so um, the next letter in the acronym explains this. No peace. S, surrendered life. T, transform mind. R, revelation by the Holy Spirit. O, others, opinions. N, no peace. No peace. What do I mean by that? 
You know, a lot of times when people are th- talking about the will of God, uh, they say, well, you know, do you find God's peace or if you, if you have a peace about it? And, and I understand that, and that's what I've counseled uh, most of my life. But I, I, I've switched around because what you're really looking for is the lack of peace. Now, why do I say that? Because you are a person of peace. If you have S and T down, if you're living not perfect, but a surrendered life, you are a man or woman of peace. Last thing that Jesus said. Last instruction, rather, that Jesus said. This is amazing to me. Before he was arrested and taken off to be crucified. This is how he ends his instruction with the disciples. The last verse of John chapter uh, 16 says this. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Now, is that amazing? You are a man and woman of peace, period. So when you lose it, you know something's awry. I had a lack of peace not getting on that plane this uh, Thursday to go down to Venezuela in spite of some things, uh, not a lot, but some folks told me. I, 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 I just have a la- I don't have a peace not going. I feel like I would be disobeying the Lord. And, and so there are some times where everyone is, even godly men and women are saying, you know, I, I really don't see this. I, that the Lord is telling you to go, I will say those situations are exceedingly rare. It's never happened to me. It's never happened to me in my life where godly people are telling me no. But, but it, I, I, I can't discount the biographies of certain men and women of God over history who went against what other people were saying, the missionaries and others, who everyone, everyone was telling them not to go. Uh, and, and, and they heard the voice of God, and there was great fruit um, by them essentially not doing what their counsel was and doing what the Holy Spirit uh, told them to do. John 14, 27 uh, says this, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. You're a man of peace. You're a woman of peace. Dave, can we have 1 Corinthians chapter 6? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So if you feel like the Holy Spirit has told you something and you have a lack of peace about doing something else, I have this rule for you. A a mentor of mine, Damien Kyle, um, is really, really strong on this. Never go against your peace. Never, ever go against your peace. Can we have the Colossians verse, Dave? Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now, you can look this up in Blue Letter Bible. If you don't know what that is, familiar yourself with Familiarize yourself with Blue Letter Bible. Wonderful place to, to study verses. If you look at the uh, Greek definition under, in the Blue Letter Bible, actually it's the Strong's definition, if you know what that is. Uh, that word rule there, it, you know, the first thing you'll, you'll see is the word umpire. Let the peace of God be the umpire in your hearts and do not, do not go against that 
peace. The last, the last, uh, have time for this little story. Do you have time for this little story? <laughs> okay. I, the sister said, whatever gives me peace. Um, I want, can, I go, can, can I just go back to the 1 Corinthians 6 verse? This is an important thing. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Unbelievable privilege. So I, I, I'm going to give you a quick example just a, of the privilege of being a Christian. For I was, before I was a full-time pastor, I was a, a manager for many, many years out in the secular world. And, and I was at, one time I was at a very big company, which was not a company. It was like a hundred companies, or maybe not a hundred, maybe 50. And uh, they would move you from company to company. And uh, I was a manager there. There was a woman who was working for me at the time. And um, uh, she really liked working for me. She was learning things and that type of thing. And, and uh, and uh, she was not a believer, but I had been sharing the word of God with her. Which, by the way, I, don't, I didn't do with all employees. I really listened. God, do you want me to, to share with this man or this woman? And from, uh, from time to time, I, I did. Uh, because sometimes in the workforce, that's just not a good idea to, to share. Other times, it's praise God. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to, uh, to do. You've got to obey the Lord. You've got to listen to the Spirit when you're a manager. And so um, I found out I was moving to uh, another company within this, this group of companies and, and uh, I, I announced it to, to the group that worked for me and uh, I found out that in my new company I had an, there was gonna be an opening, I would be able to hire someone. And so this woman said, can you just take me over to uh, that company so I can work for you there? And uh, uh, little did she know, though, that I was leaving and I was going to become a full-time pastor. And so I, because I had uh, been sharing the Word of God with her, I said, listen, you need to pray about it. You need to ask God and, and look for God's peace. And, and her response was, and, and she was not, I do not believe, barely convinced she was not a believer at the time. And she said, well, I mean, come on. You look at the circumstances and it's, it's, it's clear, it seems clear here. I've been learning a lot from you. If you think I'm a good worker, you know, why, uh, that, that's where, where the peace comes. And so, I, yeah, I had that peace. Uh, and I was forced to tell her, hey, look, no one else knows this right now, but I'm leaving. And she immediately, oh, okay, well, I'm not going anywhere then. I'm not going to follow you to this other company. And, and, and so the, the principle being there are so many times in my life the exact same thing happened. Everything looked perfect for me to step into something. But, but something was, so, I just had a lack of peace. And it was only until after something happened that made it very clear, oh, wow. I can't believe it. Thank you, God. I didn't do that. There's been other times where things look uh, perfect and I didn't have a peace. And I said, well, they're perfect. And I went and, and I paid dearly for it. The Bible says, wait on the Lord. 
like 30 times it's mentioned um, in the Bible. So the last, uh, the, the last letter in the acronym is the word, uh, is the letter G. God initiated signs. God initiated signs. 1 Corinthians 16.9 says this, a great and effective door of ministry has been opened to me. And so the reason I put this verse up is only to demonstrate that there was a sign here where, this is Paul speaking, where uh, he was somewhere and all the doors were closed and then miraculously, uh, when I say doors were closed, someone in authority wasn't letting him do something or it was physically impossible or didn't have enough money, but a door opened up. And so we do look for, for signs. That is important. Hey, Stephanie, my beautiful wife, is, my is, my, is there a book in my backpack? If, if there is, could you, can you bring it up to me? And, 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 uh, and what I would say with this last one is that you need to be very careful with this one as well. Uh, because, man, when our heart is wanting something, it, it wants something, thank you, thank you. <laughs> when our heart is, is wanting something, we're going to see signs all over the place that match up with what we want. Oh, wow. We're going to be having dreams. We're going to be having all kinds of things. And I would, I would, I would if you're taking notes, and, and, and I hope you are, what I strongly suggest is the word pattern, a pattern of signs that goes on and on. Even this you need to be careful, for, or careful with. I, I've sat down with people and they've gone through essentially what is a book of signs, which turned out not to be true. But God is gracious. He's very gracious to give us signs. He's very gracious to give us Bible verses um, sometimes, which just one after another, after another, after another, you know, it's, 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 it, it just becomes clear that uh, what God wants us to do. I will say this, another, uh, something that you need to be very careful with is, is, is signs that you think are supposed to have you do one thing, but God is really meaning them for a completely different one. The classic example is employment. I don't know how many times someone has come up to me and say, my boss is a jerk, my coworkers are stabbing me in the back, and, uh, I, I, and no one's letting me do my work, and I'm exhausted. Obviously, the will of God uh, is for me to leave. And my response is, uh, how do you know that's not the will of God for you to stay? and that God is transforming you. Listen, in 1 Peter, in Colossians, and Ephesians, all three places, I believe all three, say even with employers that are bad and wicked, you stay there and be a light. Don't, don't be calling something a sign that's not a sign. That having said, because we are weak, because we're made out of dust, God will graciously give us signs. I want to uh, close with this example from from my life. So at the time, um, I left uh, full, th I, at the by the time I, I left, I was working three days a week, but um, I, I, 
I got to the point where turmoil was just in my mind. I remember it was on a Friday night and, and the Lord is saying, you need to get out of work and you need to go full time um, at, at Calvary Chapel. Uh, Calvary Chapels, by the way, most of the Calvary Chapels, almost all of them, start with a bivocational thing that we're, we're, we're the, the pastor is working and working at church and working in a job at the same time. And, but that's a big thing, especially when you have five kids and uh, um, five kids and, and a wife to, to support. And um, God did bless me with a, with a, a wonderful job. And, and by the way, a sign at that time was the church had enough offerings to pay me. But I, but I um, because God, important, God, importantly, God oftentimes uses finances to show you his will and to direct you. Um, but 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 I was it was a Friday night. I was in great turmoil, and and I, I really hadn't shared this at the time with anyone. And, and I was like, I, I, you know, you you got to go. You just got to leave this place. Uh, and and on Sunday night, Pastor Scott gave a no Sunday after church. Pastor Scott um, gave a workshop on finances, and he was talking about the importance of giving uh, finances the first fruits of your finances as you're able and, and with a cheerful heart uh, to the church. And he, he, he made a big deal saying, we don't need your money. We don't need your money here. We, 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 we are fine. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa. I, 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 and so that night I barely got any sleep. And in my heart, I was like, you need to put the word go. It's a simple thing, Lord. You need to just Put it somehow in my heart. You need to put that word. Go. And so I got up on Sunday. Uh, it wasn't. It was a. It was a Monday. Uh, a Monday morning. And my devotional. I'm, I'm a devotional junkie. I love devotional books. And 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 usually there's you know there's a there's a there's a Bible verse and then there was something uh, just an explanation of it. And the Bible verse was. Uh, Matthew 28, 19, which says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And so I read that and I said, sorry, Lord, that is too common of a verse. I, I mean, I, I, no, seriously, I, I'm, I'm completely serious. I go, we read this verse all the time and, and uh, I, that was a coincidence. Or that may be, and I don't want to follow a coincidence. So I went out and I went over to the Dover Woods where I, where I pray often and I'm, I, I'm on a rock I'm, I'm praying on a rock out in Dover and I was going chapter by chapter starting off in the book of Genesis. And at this particular time, I happened to be in Isaiah 51 and I said, okay, well, I wonder if the word go is going to be in Isaiah 51. I had reached, I've gone through Genesis. For that particular day, I was in Isaiah 51 and nowhere in Isaiah 51 was the word Go. And I said, you know, I don't usually do this, uh, but I'm going to read another chapter of the Old Testament. And I got to 11, verse 11 of chapter 52. And it says, depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. In other words, it's talking to Levites, clergy, 
Go out from the midst of her. Be clean, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. For you shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the Lord God of Israel will be your rear guard. So seven times in that verse, if you include depart, depart, which in some translations is translated go, it was there. And I was so shook with just the, the goodness of God to meet me in my weak place. So I go home. And Stephanie knew none of this. She knew none of what was going on, not anything. I hadn't revealed it to her yet. And I told her what happened. She said, that's so weird. Look at my, read my devotional. And so I want to I wanna read it to you. It's on March 12th, 2000. Um, it's on March 12th. At the time, it was uh, 2010. And it's a quote from Deuteronomy uh, 33.18. Deuteronomy 33:18 says, And of Zebulun he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in thy going out. It doesn't stop there. So this is a Spurgeon devotional. And it goes on to say this. The blessings of the tribes are ours. For we are the true Israel who worship God in the Spirit and have no confidence in the flesh. Zebulun is to rejoice because Jehovah will bless his going out. We also see a promise for ourselves lying latent in this benediction. When we go out, we will look out for occasions of joy. We go out to travel, and the providence of God is our convoy. We go out to immigrate, and the Lord is with us both on land and sea. We go out as missionaries, and Jesus says, Lo, I am with you unto the end of the world. We go out day by day to our labor and we may do, that we may do so with pleasure, for God will be with us from morning till evening. Seven times in the devotional. Seven times in Isaiah 52. Go seven times um, on March 12th, Stephanie's devotional. I say this only, you need to be very careful uh, throwing fleeces before the Lord. Lord, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Be very, very careful. That's not the faith that um, pleases God. But God will in his gracious mercy, particularly in times of your life where you really need it because you and me were made out of dust. God knows so, Psalm 139. He will graciously give you um, signs and, 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 and a pattern of them. A pattern of them. So, I will end with this first, Dave. This is at the very end. James chapter 1, verse 6. If any of you lacks wisdom. It's James chapter uh, 1, verse 6. It's the, it's the very last verse. It says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God doesn't, your father, your father loves you. He doesn't want you staying in the dark. He will give you wisdom. He will show you his will. So this week, we deliberately, about every two months, close down all our Bible studies, not the morning, the, the early morning prayers, but the Bible studies for 
the intentional reason of getting together as a church on Friday night and having communion together. We have it at the same location that we have our Tuesday night service, and uh, I hope to see to see you there. So, a uh, wonderful time. Rather, I will be uh, in Caracas. You can pray for me there, uh, but um, I'll be going to Caracas. But uh, there'll be one of the elders overseeing the serv- uh, service. You know, we go there to celebrate the cup and the bread. The cup representing the blood of Jesus, the bread representing his body that was broken for us. And it's a serious thing. And guess what? One of the things that was purchased, one of the things that was purchased on the cross with that blood pouring out, that you can know the will of God. And it's important that we, from time to time, just stop and soberly have communion together. So that's this uh, Friday night. If you could stand up, uh, moms and dads with a kid, um, if you could, uh, with a kid in nursery or Sunday school, if you can uh, move over. We're going to sing a closing worship song at this time. Um, But if you have a child, please, one mom or a dad, if you go get the child, you're welcome to come back. The worship team's going to come up. If you could rise. Um, I'm going to close in prayer at this time. I'm going to close in prayer at this time as the worship team uh, is coming up. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus for the wonderful privilege, Lord, of knowing your will. You did not spin the world on its, create the world, spin it on its axis and then depart and leave it up to our best guess to know what your will is, to know who you are. You have showed us, Lord. We thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, strong, that we would be a church of strong followers of Jesus. A church of men and women and children who know the will of God for their lives. And Father, I I thank you for this mighty privilege. We're fragile creatures. Lord, many times, I didn't talk about this in the message, I meant to, but many times, Lord, we hear exactly what you're saying, but our timing is all off. One month, one year, sometimes 10 or 20 years, off. But we're, we're so thankful, Lord, because you're, you're gracious. In our time of waiting, speak to us mercy speak to us grace I I thank you Lord Uh, I thank you for the cross I pray that you gather us together on Friday celebration of cup and the bread Lord everything that was purchased for us Lord and, and what we were saved from an eternity 
apart from you and suffering and judgment. And I, I, I thank you for that, Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that we would not only be ears of the word, but we would be doers strong, a surrendered life, a transformed mind, revelation by the Holy Spirit, others' opinions, no peace, God-initiated signs, that we would be just embracing all of these things. Make us a strong people. I pray this not only for our church, but all the churches in Boston and the surrounding area. In Jesus' name.